Hi, I'm Sylvia Sue. Welcome to More Than a Cake Store, a podcast where we'll explore stories of women in the Presbyterian Church of New South Wales who have faithfully responded with the gifts that God has given them, no matter how big or small, to the call of the gospel. And whether that skill is baking or banking, God receives it, hones it, and uses it for his glory. Our hope is that you'll be awed by God's graciousness and encouraged by these conversations to take the gifts that God has given and use them in service of him. Because after all, even a cake store in service of the king is more than a cake store. Thank you for joining us for this episode of More Than a Cake Store. Today we're joined by Julie Murray of Hurstville Presbyterian Church. As Julie shares, you'll hear her passion for sharing God's love with people from other language groups. But I think you'll also be struck by her intentionality and thoughtfulness in all the steps they've taken at Hurstville to intentionally create community between the Easy English Bible Study Group and the members of the congregation. Welcome, uh, Julie, to More Than a Cake Store. Tell us about yourself, some things that we may or may not know about you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, yes, I'm married to Kevin and we have four adult children. They are all very different to each other, three boys and a girl. (laughs) They're each very different. (laughs) And for the last umpteen years, I've been teaching ESL to infants children as well as doing casual days, um, covering all grades and and different uh, lessons that they need. And just for clarity's sake, you live in Sydney? Sorry, yes. We've lived in Sydney now for many years. I was actually born in Sydney, educated here, and then we moved a small country town near Wagga for four years. Then we went to Strathfield for eight years and then we moved to Hurstville Presbyterian for about 12 or 13 years before Kevin took on the position of National Director of Australian Presbyterian World Mission. And God blessed us with the opportunity to still continue worshipping at Hurstville while um, he was taking on that position and um, being able to continue our church family life while he travelled a fair bit of time visiting missionaries and churches. Yes, so I've been able to be a little bit involved with that ministry as well, going to visit churches and be involved in other ways so that's been different but good good so you arrived in Hurstville at 1998 20 not 20 years 20 years more than 20 24 so 24 25 and so Hurstville's changed a lot in that time like all of Sydney has but yes (laughs) Hurstville's had a really rapid change I actually grew up in the district of Hurstville okay so that was that was when it was very Anglo yes (laughs) But um, even when we came uh, back here in 1998, Mm. it was uh, far more of an Anglo district than it is now. It was just starting to change then. Um, The local population Mm. were becoming uh, far more diverse. Many Asian immigrants were moving into the area. So for our congregation too as a whole, which had been traditional and predominantly Anglo, although there were some members from other backgrounds, but it was predominantly English speaking. Mm. So we didn't have that other language sort of the character to the congregation yet. Yeah. And then over the time that you were there, the church and the community around it started to change. How mm. did that happen? What well the uh, local area changed. Mm. A lot more Asian immigrants moved into the area. And uh, lived there. And so our um, our church building is on quite a public corner and uh, people would walk past. And sometimes people would just come in off the street um, just to see what was happening, just into our church services or the church building. And then as we uh, put up signs for Easy English and things like that, um, people would come in looking for English as well. As time went on, some Christian 
Asians came and joined our congregation and also we would get the people who walked in off the street. So it sort of was a very gradual process. And out of that, ESL classes began. Yeah, in that time, Kevin was minister at Hurstville then. He and one of the elders, Roy Morton, saw the opportunity to be able to encourage the people who came in off the street and saw the need to teach them English. And so they decided to start relatively informal classes um, on a Sunday afternoon at about two o'clock. They set it up and that sort of started the ministry as such. And then it's gone on from there. You started with 2pm on a Sunday afternoon, Mm -hmm. uh, but were eventually changed to earlier on Sunday morning. It started at two o'clock. Then later they realised that because we have our morning service at 9.30 and then after the morning service, we would come out about 11 o'clock onto the deck, which is an area between the church building and the ministry centre. Um, And people would mill around and chat and have their cups of tea and coffee. It was thought that it was a good link for these students to be able to come in off the street and they might be walking past or or coming in, seeing the sign for English, come in and they would actually have to walk through the uh, morning tea area across the deck to go to the English class. So that made just a natural meeting ground for both the congregation to see and uh, meet the English students, but also for the um, students to see the people who come to church, what it's like. And so that was a natural follow-on then. So the classes began meeting from 11.15 and they've continued that time from 11.15 through to 12.45. And I'm sure that was such a really dynamic time of people talking and people walking through and organically they got to meet each other. And Yeah, as some of the people wanted to come to the morning service, some of our English students, then they already got a relationship with some of the members from the congregation or they would go into church and then people would, you know, encourage them to come through for morning tea. And so it sort of flowed on. That's excellent. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, hopefully very natural sort of follow on (laughs) and just building the relationships uh, between the congregation and the students. I think that's the the really like the key part to any of these ministries that are happening, serving people, but also connecting them in into The, the greater family that we have yeah mm. it's really lovely and it was um from a from the class point of view we could encourage students to do that yeah and it was actually you know right there and then we could practice English <laughs> so yeah. as you come in chat you know sort of what to say you know when people ask you for a cup of tea or coffee that sort of thing yeah. and then get to know these people both congregation and students and know how to answer questions, those sorts of practical things that we could then deal with in class so that then they felt more comfortable and could practice that. Yeah, excellent. So you were working as a ESL teacher in a primary school at the time. Was it an easy transition to teaching an ESL Bible study? Well, being an infants teacher, I'm used to sort of moving complex things into sort of easier sentences or simpler words. And so that really helps in being able to, you know, teach English to adults even, but also more recent years I have been teaching ESL at school and you sort of do a lot of grammar at school, which does carry over to our English classes, but also just that you can actually then when we're in our easy English lessons, we actually teach or have time of reading the Bible together as well. Yeah. So you can then use simpler words for the Bible passages or sort of explain concepts yeah. Um, in more basic ways that people need to be able to hear and understand. I've got a four-year-old, as you know, and mm-hmm. I'm used to being asked questions and then the follow-up question is always, but what does that mean? You just <laughs> rephrase it in five yeah, ways. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Not to deny the intelligence of ESL students. But true. then yes. when there's a language barrier, yes. you do need to be able to explain something in the simplest words. Yeah. 
I am conscious of not bringing them down to a child's level in that yeah. sense. Yeah, You're still right. coping with, you know, adult concepts yes. and, and biblical concepts that are, yeah. are quite involved. But just to even do that rephrasing and to know yeah. how to sort of, you know, make it simpler in essence. Bringing complex thoughts into easier to understand words. Less words yeah. is always key. Yeah. And often just rephrasing it or getting yeah. the students to say things back to you shows their understanding as well and sort yeah. of you can break it down. Is there a passage from scripture that's shaped or guided or sustained the vision of this ministry through the years? One of Kevin's favourite verses is uh, Revelation 7-9. After this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. So that is uh, so relevant for mm. our easy English lessons where we have over the years not just had Chinese students but Korean, Japanese, people from other backgrounds who want to learn some more English as well. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's that opportunity to be able to share the gospel with them yeah. uh, in English. They're very keen to learn English yeah. and they're not, not concerned about reading the Bible, which a lot of Australians would balk at these days. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah they're very open yeah. uh, to reading and so the opportunities are there. And it's so exciting to think, that now for, for the sake of pragmatics and we're living together in a country where we speak English, they need to learn mm. English. Mm. Um, but that, that passage from Revelation 7, uh, it's going to be a cacophony of languages yeah. and, and it, we'll all be glorifying the and land. it won't in, matter. No, will, <laughs> and we'll understand each other. It'll be amazing. Yeah. yeah, how exciting. You've been sharing the gospel, you've been sharing English, but you've also been sharing your lives and your homes with the students. Hospitality has had a, become a really significant part of the ESL ministry, taking it outside the classroom and into the homes of the teachers and church members. What did that look like and why was it so important? For many years, with varying teachers of our English classes, they are all members of our congregation. But at times we have had um, lunches on Sundays because we have our lesson at 11.15 till quarter to one. Yeah. Um, over the years, we've invited the students to homes, to our homes for lunch. So it would work that um, either the teacher would have the students back to their place for lunch or some of the other members of the congregation would prepare um, some informal lunches at yeah. their homes. Um, we would um, transport the students to the homes if need be mm -hmm. and um, the teacher, if it was in someone else's home, the teacher might stay or might not necessarily stay. Um, it would be a, an informal lunch where it was just casual, but it was another opportunity for the students to practice English. Yeah. And then the students would be transported back to the church or to the home or some of them might have cars. Yeah. And so it was just a time probably from we would get there probably one or quarter past or something and then till probably half past two, three. Mm. And it was just a continuation of the lesson really. Yeah. But it was also an opportunity for the students to meet other people in the congregation in their homes um, talk more naturally with them maybe yeah. hopefully and um, and just the privilege in itself of going into a westerner's home yeah was a very big deal for the students who have, may have only come from Asia and lived in their own unit mm. in Hurstville or wherever so yeah. um, that aspect of hospitality was very influential but also really positive for the students yeah they would always be very appreciative yeah and and I think there's something really special about opening your home it's particularly in eastern cultures it's an embrace and a welcome mm. and saying to people mm. i see you and you belong 
to me you belong to this system or this tribe or this family yeah yes becoming a part of it yeah I mean that's what Christ has done in coming to us and allowing us to be part of his family Mm. Um, and this is just an extension of that and allowing people into our homes to be part of our earthly family but also to get a glimpse of what it is to be part of that eternal family Mm. and we also um, over the times have organized some outings as well like mm. on weekends or when we've been able to do sort of like bushwalks or have yeah. bus or ferry trips or whatever and to be with the students and spending time with them yeah. they really appreciate that but that's also a way for other members of the congregation to be involved mm. like one gentleman used to drive the bus uh, for a minibus sort of thing for outings and or they could just come on um, the outings with us yeah um, the students could also bring family or friends on those yep. outings yeah. so it was sort of just a way of doing things around Sydney yeah, um, where they could see more opportunities there, but also um, just being able to mix with the other people. And we would have lessons in class before or after about the things we were going to see or the things we yeah. did see and talk about the words and, and the language that we'd need. But yeah. they could also bring their family or friends along. And so we'd expand our connections there yeah, lovely. with the students and um, meet their families or friends or whatever. So it was a good opportunity from both sides. Yeah, and sharing your experience of Australia with them and uh, giving them like a, a local's experience of it. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah right. that's really cool. So the classes were really holistic. There was learning the Bible together and understanding the passage, but then there is also the understanding of Australian culture and helping yes. people to integrate into the community. Yeah, so in our hour and a half lesson yeah. um, from 11.15, we would have sort of half an hour, 45 minutes um, on our Bible passage, mm. we'd work through maybe um, one year we'd work through Luke's gospel, one maybe through Mark. We'd also um, work through uh, gospel presentations. We would work through um, Christmas and Easter. We would work through um, an overview of the Old Testament just so that they're getting a range of ideas. And also it's a little bit preparatory for them if they go into a church service too yeah. so that they've heard the names or yeah. they know a little bit about the Bible. Yeah. And then after that we would have um, more of a cultural session mm-hmm. where um, the different teachers would just choose different topics. So sometimes yeah. it would be maybe on um, going to the supermarket, the shopping that you'd need to do or currency or public holidays are always a good thing to talk about why we have yeah. them. Yeah. and or special festivals we have or things like that that yeah. help the students fit into um, Australia yeah. and um, just sort of get used to the culture. Yeah. Our, um, we also hold Wednesday afternoon lessons, mm. um, which started more recently, uh, a little while now, but um, they only go for an hour from 4.15 yeah. to 5.15 and they were designed to be more conversational, more for beginning students. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a Bible um, component as such. Uh, But sometimes, like, I might just have one Bible verse on the board or something just, you know, to continue that sort of discussion and and, um, input. But um, those were sort of designed more for beginners and the conversational side. But some of the other students just came along for the experience and practice anyway. But it's just because some students can't make it on a Sunday. It's Mm. good to have that option. Yeah, yeah. For them to come on a Wednesday. Yeah. And for those who are able to do both, that again mm. further cements that sense of community and, yeah. you know, and they just, yeah, they enjoy being there and we enjoy seeing them. <laughs> yeah, that's so lovely. Mm. Um, your family really led the way uh, with the hospitality, um, sharing Christmas Day and Christmas Eve as well. No, just Christmas, Christmas Day. Day. What, what we do um, 
on Christmas night, we have done it for probably uh, more than 10 years now. Um, each Christmas night, we would invite our students and their families or friends to come to our home uh, about six o'clock. Um, if some of them did not have transport, we would meet um, at the church um, and they could we could transport them to our place. Yeah. Some drove themselves. Um, they'd come along. They would bring um, anyone who is visiting. Often they'd have family or friends coming out from Asia yeah. and they'd bring them along and they would bring some food to share. They didn't have to, but they could if they wanted to. I just made lots of stir fries and we'd have an Australian Christmas like turkey and Christmas cake and bonbons. That was okay. always fun. Yeah. And so we'd have some really long tables. All the students would sit around, we'd eat our meal. And then, then we'd have our introduction time where everyone who sat around the table had to have a turn despite mm. however much English they had. And sometimes we had translations going on and they would share some basic questions. So they would stand up individually and say, hi, my name is, and then they would tell the group how long they've been in Australia, which was really interesting because some might say only a few days. Wow. Yeah. Some might say a few months or even years. Then they had to tell us where they were born. And often they'd say a province in China and someone else at the other end of the table would say, oh, I was born in that province too, you know, and yeah. so there's that immediate link for them yeah students too which was a bond for yeah. them in Australia too so that was good fun and then the last question they would answer would be and you know what is the best thing about Australia mm. and the the most common answer was clean air yes <laughs> I mean you've come from Asia many countries don't yeah. enjoy clean air um, so that was a common one or the blue mountains or places they'd been mm. to or that sort yeah. of thing so and then um, we always enjoy, my, my favourite treat at Christmas is a real Christmas tree. Yep. So we would have a, a whole group photo, which is very hard actually. Our, our biggest attendances have been about 55 visitors. And so yep. we sort of squash around the Christmas tree and try and get into one photo. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they all think that's a great novelty and they love taking photos, of course. Then drive anyone who needs to be taken back to the church. We take them back to the church or others drive themselves home. That's our, that's our Christmas night and it's Amazing. great fun for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really, really good connecting point because they not only get to go into our home but also get to experience the Australian Christmas because yeah. they do not celebrate Christmas yeah. as such. And I think there's something, because I think for a lot of Australian families, Christmas is what you do with family. So you mm. go see mm. this family and that family and, mm. you know, you spend Christmas with both sides and you've got to try to work it out. Yeah. You guys have given up yeah. that day to share with. Yeah, it's good. We usually have our family lunch um, yeah. together, but, um, okay. yeah, it's our Christmas yeah. night and really whoever in our family is around, they come and join in too. How has this ministry or has this ministry expanded your view of God's mercy? So what's happened is that over, the say, the last 20 years or so, when the ESL ministry has grown, there's been a lot of changes in our congregation within that time. So moving from a, a more traditional family, congregational members who have been there for a long time, we were getting a lot more different backgrounds and different people coming into our services. And so the Easy English ministry sort of worked with that. Yeah. But it, it took some while for the existing congregation just to work through the differences that that meant to them because... Yeah. Some of the people who came in, there was an assumption that our existing members, some of them had assumptions that the visitors or the Asian people wouldn't be able to speak English. So that was mm. a natural barrier. Yeah. Um, and, of course, some of them didn't, which made it hard to relate. Yeah. Um, but over the time, over those years, the more community events or functions that we've had, 
and how the students have become involved in services, just attending and um, church lunches that we've had and sort of things that we've either organised from our congregation's point of view, like lunches, or even when we've started to have Chinese New Year um, festivals and things like that, and the congregations joined in with that, both sides sort of, you know, get to know each other yeah. and it builds the relationship from both sides. And so that changes the congregation in big ways. Yeah. But it's a very gradual process. Mm-hmm. So you have to sort of look long-term at it. But for individual people as well, one older lady in our congregation, quite early in the piece, invited some of the young female students to her home mm. and she sort of took them under her wing. Yeah. A lot of international students come out just by themselves and yeah. they don't know other people. And so she would take them under her wing, help them and encourage them. One of those students early in the piece grew in her faith, married in our congregation, had children. And those children, because this lady was a single lady, mm. Those children became her grandchildren. Oh, how precious. And she was their grandma. Yeah. So so in a country too where your family may be in other countries, that's really important um, for the the students themselves. But that's just an example of the way God worked for ministry from the existing congregation with our students and sort of them them becoming a part of our church family as such too. And then we've also, over the time, we've had the ministry of a Chinese-speaking minister Mm. in our congregation and his wife who sort of worked with the students at different levels as well. They encouraged the relationships uh, amongst the students but also with the congregation that we would have extra activities like badminton, Chinese festival celebrations. And so we would have events there but there would be English and Chinese spoken and that helped mend those together, sort of, you know, mould them together. And um, we always, as in our ESL ministry, we always wanted the students to be able to sort of progress a little bit more from our easy English Bible study. Yeah. Those who wanted to know more or those who wanted to make commitment. Mm. And so our Chinese speaking minister started uh, a Mandarin Bible study group through the week. And so there was a natural flow on there that we could encourage students or they could, and then they would be able to hear the gospel and the biblical concepts in their first language, which is really important mm. for, to understand and to become Christians. Yeah. So that was a really good flow on for people to be able to become Christians. And yeah. then that fueled into attending church and just growing as through the Bible study groups as well. Yeah. So that was a really significant step that we could encourage our students to go on to these other groups and hear more yeah. about the Bible if they were interested. Also then uh, within our congregation, some of the Christian Chinese-speaking members suggested that we could translate the services Mm. um, at the same time, like simultaneous translation. So some of those Christian Chinese-speaking members were willing to translate with headphones as the service is happening. So this meant that visitors to our congregation or family members who had no English whatsoever could come in, wear some headphones, sit just within the congregation and hear the same words being spoken in Chinese at the same time. Yeah. It's a huge task for the translators. <laughs> yeah. They do a great job. But it's just such an opportunity for us to worship together yeah. but still hear God's word in English or Chinese. And so that also helped the congregation you know, mould together as well. And there's a huge financial investment in that too, in setting money aside to have a minister who I'm sure was bilingual but you know, spoke mm-hmm. uh, primarily to people in their heart language. Yeah, which is really important and significant. And it's very significant in the life of the church. Definitely. And so yeah. to put enough for a salary aside for that, but also 
the technology invested mm. in having mm. the headphones and all that. Yeah. Somebody sitting in another room. Well, it was just at the um, the back of the church. Yeah. Sort of there, and they actually have a perspex shield around them now. Okay. So that it sort of helps the sound. Very clever. Very, very clever. And so much time and money and technology and energy invested into that mm. to say this isn't just a Sunday afternoon ministry, but this is um, integrating people into the kingdom of God and into the family of God at Hurstville Presbyterian Church. Yeah. And, and some of the uh, students that have sort of either come through Easy English or just have joined our congregation, some of them have been baptised in our services. That's just a great time, yeah. of, um, especially hearing their story, mm. um, often being born in other countries and, and coming from very different upbringings to what we're used to and we would often hear those testimonies in English and Chinese yeah so that was a great bonding time as well but um those are special times to hear how God had brought them this far Mm. that they had become Christians and were now uh, members of our congregation and some of those students have gone back to uh, their home country or other places where people there haven't got a Bible, they've been able to witness to their family yeah. and friends back there. So that's a further ministry that keeps growing. How incredible. What advice would you give to a person hoping to start uh, this ministry in their own church? Be prepared to start small. But even now we often have weeks where there's only a and sometimes those students really like that because they get to speak yeah. more and ask more questions. <laughs> <laughs> but it does take some patience and time to be prepared for the ministry to sort of, you know, take off. Be prepared to build the relationships with the students. Just um, get to know them and just get to know their interests. And I'm put up outside our church building, um, nice brightly coloured sign, that, um, especially because we have a lot of pe- people walking past our church. And it just outlines the times of our classes. Um, and the significant thing is for the Sunday class, we call it Easy English Bible Study. Mm. And so the students know right from the beginning that they will come in and they will be reading the Bible. Yeah. And they don't mind that. It's all part of their education. Yeah. So it's not a it's not a bait and switch. It's no, no, it's up front. It's up front, but it's also that they're just prepared to read it. Yeah. It's great. Sometimes we've advertised like through local libraries or maybe even we've had in Hurstville, there's often Chinese New Year festivals and we've been down there being involved, handing out invitations to our classes or whatever. Sometimes the congregational members might have neighbours or friends that they could invite along to classes. So by making them aware of what's happening, it's a good link as well. Those sorts of things you just need to facilitate, really. And also some of the congregational members would have skills that could help the students, like um, when they've moved into a new country, you could help them, you know, if they're trying to rent somewhere or buy a car or those sorts of Mm -hmm. skills that the congregational members might have. Yeah. So that you can sort of expand, yeah, yeah. Just, um, break down some of those barriers as well. Also, another angle is really being prepared for it to be a long-term ministry. Some of our teachers come and go and students come and go because they have to go back overseas for work or whatever they're doing. But a lovely bonus is when a student uh, reappears yeah. um, one morning or other on the deck and you <laughs> haven't seen them for ages and they haven't seen you, but you both recognise each other and maybe even remember their name, which is even better, but, yeah. you know, sort of. Um, that is a, a natural link with them and they're really impressed and you love to see them again. And so that sort of creates the friendship and also just that bond that helps them feel at home mm-hmm. and helps them feel a part of our congregation too. Yes, it's very hard going into a um, you know foreign country and not knowing anyone yeah. and having this group of people that you feel a part of and can ask them for help or sort of relate to them. 
many blessings for you as teacher um, and blessings for the congregation and students. Yeah. I keep being reminded as a person who likes things really fast-paced that (laughs) the only way to do ministry well is to do it slowly. And then even in conversations with people from language groups other than English, I keep learning I have to slow down and not be thinking about what's next it's just about being present isn't it most of the time yeah and even even just repeating things you know sort of doing the same our program you know does repeat things for year to year sort of thing because students might be there that week or they might want to hear it and um, we encourage our students to ask questions in the lessons Mm. as well often they've heard idioms or you know expressions that sort of make no sense whatsoever and then you have to try and work out how to explain it you know (laughs) And for them to feel comfortable enough to do that. Yeah. And some are shy, but that's fine. They have, some are quite happy to listen. Yeah. And some who have very little English are quite happy to listen and just take it in as yeah. they go. Yeah. Um, the Chinese-speaking uh, minister that we had, uh, his wife used to come and sit into class, which was really helpful because she would often sit with those who had the least English mm. and just sit with them and be able to explain a little bit about what was happening in Chinese so they could understand it Um, and that was really helpful to them yeah so then uh, because as a teacher you can't help everybody those people who needed extra help she could particularly sit with and encourage them so that was really good too that's excellent thank you so much for your time Julie Mm -hmm. um that's fine as I've been doing these interviews I keep thinking I want to start all of these different ministries right here right now <laughs> getting we have an ESL ministry I want to get yes. involved with it it's very exciting yeah, yeah. there are stages of your life as well that's though, right that's true. <laughs> some ministries suit different stages and ages but you know that's cool even if my ministry is just slowing down that morning tea to have a conversation <laughs> with someone who's from our ESL classes and comes along yep. to church and just to slow down and sit in that conversation and do the hard work of trying to understand, yeah. trying to explain myself in smaller words. <laughs> if that's the ministry that God's given me in this season. Oh, but even if you just acknowledge the students, even yeah. in the service, like at the end of the service or something, mm. by just saying hello to them as you're passing, you don't have to sort of, you know, spend a lot of time with but just that acknowledgement and even if you can remember their name or yeah. those sorts of little bonuses, just help them feel at home. Yeah, and encouraging them to come out to morning tea or whatever you do. So it's sort yeah. of because every church will have a different setup, yeah. and that'll, you know it'll be a different style of things. But it's just sort of these are just some ideas of what we do. Yeah, wait and see what um, what blessings God has in store because you never really know what's going to happen. But it's it's good good to wait and see, and then you can look back. It's actually a better exercise to look back over the years and see how God has worked. That's yeah. always great. Yeah, how yeah. wonderful. How about I pray for us? Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for the work that you have been doing at Herschel Presbyterian Church for decades as you've grown the church and as the community around it has changed. uh, They have faithfully adapted to your calling of sharing the gospel to those who need to hear it, whatever language group or culture or tribe. Father, we thank you for those students who have heard the gospel shared with them through the Easy English Bible Study classes at Herschel Presbyterian Church. We pray for all those seeds that have been planted, that they will take deep root and grow well. Father, we thank you for the faithfulness of the teachers, those who have moved on to other ministries, those who have passed on to glory, and those who are still faithfully serving today. We thank you for their work. And Father, we ask uh, going forward that Herschel Presbyterian Church will be able to continue to share the gospel. Uh, Despite the changes that we face in our community, Despite the impact of COVID and whatever is coming next, we just pray uh, that you will continue to equip your people 
encourage them and inspire them to share the gospel faithfully and truthfully and in a way that is accessible to those who need to hear it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of More Than a Cake Store. In our next episode, we're joined by Rochelle Wainwright. Rochelle is the chaplain at Westmead Children's Hospital and at the Presbyterian Alloa Children's Hospital. You'll hear some of her story about how she ended up in chaplaincy, but I think what really stands out in that conversation is the way that God has shaped her and sustained her as she cares for these special children and their families in their most trying times of need. It's a wonderful conversation, a sad conversation, but a conversation wrapped in the gospel hope of eternity with Jesus. We hope you join us. This podcast is a ministry of the Presbyterian Church of New South Wales Women's Ministry Committee. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at pcnswomen.org.au. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you share it with your friends so that they too will be encouraged by these conversations to take the gifts that God has given them and use them in service of Him 